90s basketball was a lot of fun playing against these dudes. They absolutely fought it every night. Five, four, three, two, one. He'll put it on the floor. everybody my name is brian swain this is the 90s basketball show and i know everyone is happy to have 2020 behind us there is one thing about that that's not so great however and that just means we are one more year further removed from the greatest decade of them all which would of course be the 90s but the good thing is we've got you covered here on the 90s basketball show the first one of 2021 and my guest is a forward who played five seasons in the NBA, primarily with the Cleveland Cavs, and he was an all-rookie second-team member in 1998. Before that, Cedric Henderson was a four-year standout in his hometown at the University of Memphis, and he's now back in Memphis, where he's currently an assistant coach for the NCAA Division II Christian Brothers University Buccaneers. I caught up with Cedric recently, and we started off by talking about what makes Memphis such a special place for him. Born and raised in Memphis and getting my opportunity to play my college ball was very important to me. I mean, you know, I was able to see like my friends, my family, uh, watch me grow into a young person and grow as a basketball person, basketball player. My, and uh, the city of Memphis is just, you know, it, I don't know if you can understand it, but they love their, their basketball players. They love their basketball here. And uh, at the time, it was such a great honor to be able to play. Uh, for the University of Memphis. I imagine you were recruited by a number of other schools. Was it ever a difficult decision? Well, uh, I was recruited by a lot of schools. Um, Georgetown was one of my favorite schools uh, at the time, but I, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't in love with it. Um, you know, I, I was a little thought John Thompson was more of a big man coach. And this is before I even knew he was going to recruit Al Iverson. So if I knew Al Iverson was going, I probably would have changed my commitment at the time. <laughs> because, you know, traditionally, John Thompson was, you know, was considered a big man coach, you know. And um, that's why they go to Tennessee was one. Uh, uh, Allen Houston was about to go to the NBA. And I was really considering Tennessee. And I also got recruited by Vanderbilt very hard uh, coming out which was cool, and I also got recruited by Miami. So I had a lot of schools coming out of high school uh, that I had to make a choice. Um, and then, But Memphis was just home. So when Anthony Hardaway uh, decided to go pro, it made the choice easy. Because I really was considering not coming to Memphis because I knew Anthony kind of played the wing position, and I really wouldn't have had a lot of chance to play a lot of minutes. And, that probably would have bumped me around to, like, being a poor man or something. So I didn't want to go through that. So when he decided to go pro that year, I was coming out of high school. Uh, I remember him coming to pick me up. We went to go eat. Uh, went out to eat. It was him and Larry Finch. And uh, 
they made it, you know, they said this is what happened, and they like, hey, we want to be able to bring you in. I said, hey, there it is. So it was the easy choice. At that point in time, Cedric, was the NBA a goal of yours? Um, I mean, every kid dreamed of it. I didn't know if I could realistically make it, you know. Um, but I was dreaming about it, you know. I was a big fan of the Lakers back then with the Magic Johnson. I was a big-time James Worthy guy, you know, <laughs> when they were playing. So, I mean, I had dreams of the NBA, but I didn't know, you know, how far I was going when I first went out. All I was worried about was college at the time, and uh, that's all I really cared about. So you were drafted in the second round there in 1997. Heading into that draft, what kind of sense did you have of where you might be picked? Had teams expressed interest in you ahead of time? Oh, man, that was one of the most active summers I ever had in my life as far as going and working out with teams. Uh, Seattle was one of the bigger teams that recruited me coming out. I went out there twice. Uh, then I went to Boston, and I also went to uh, Cleveland, of course, <laughs> so that's who ended up drafting me. But I ended up playing a lot of basketball because, you know, they I still had to go and kind of prove myself a little bit coming out of college, you know? For sure. I remember seeing an interview with you uh, a while back where you talked about getting to play for Coach Fratello and how much of an influence and impact he had on you. Can we just talk a little bit about what he did that maybe puts you in a position that allowed you to be so successful there in your rookie season? Well, what he did was he was honest with me about my game. Uh, you know, he taught me to accept what I can do and be good and very good at it. And since he was a defensive-minded coach, it fit right what I do because I, I'm a defensive guy. You know, that's what really was my 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 niche to the game. And uh, so Mike Patello really taught me how to prepare myself to be a professional, you know, athlete, a professional ball player, and one of the better defenders because I was versatile. Now, I always, you know, I used to always tell him, he's like, who do you want to imitate? And I used to always tell him I want to imitate Scottie Pippen because, I wanted to be, you know, one of those elite defenders and be a good perimeter ball player, too. So he, he influenced me and taught me how to work on my skill set, how to get better as a you know, defender, better as a ball player, better as all these things. And, and he invested into me, and I earned his trust, and he earned my trust, and the relationship was just great. You had a lot of great opportunity in that, in that rookie season. You started a lot. There were some games, and you a lot of games, and you played over 40 minutes. Were you prepared to be playing? I mean, of course, a college basketball game is only 40 minutes to begin with. Were you prepared to play that kind of uh, minutes? Um, I was. You know, one thing I give myself at that time, I was a, when I ran, I used to run with the soccer team. So I knew that was one of my strengths. I was a cross-country runner in high school. So running long distance was, I knew that always was an advantage for me to be able to keep a high motor. So I worked on it, so I took advantage of it. But I never thought he would be playing me those type of minutes, you know. <laughs> you know, until you get out of the game and you go, dang, I just played 40 minutes. Like, and it was it was a shocker. So, 
But, uh, yeah, I was prepared. Uh, my trainer at the time was Dean Lotz, who, who was uh, very good at what he did. So he really prepared me. He built my body to be very endurance. That's, that's used to be always his thing. You got to be durable. You got to be durable. You got to be durable. So I paid attention to it, and, and look what happened. You know, it, it helped me out. That's really cool to hear you were a cross-country runner in school. I mean, I've talked to lots of guys. Lots of guys played football. Maybe they played baseball. I think you're the first guy I've heard that actually with basketball and cross-country running. Those are two that don't necessarily go together. Obviously, it worked out very well for you. Oh, it did. Uh, actually, I took my kids and taught them to do the same thing because, let's be honest, who wants to do conditioning? So, That's true. Like, <laughs> so I was like, look, if I'm going to run, let at least let me win something and and make and make it worth my while. So at least when I ran, I got a chance to go to state and cross country and things like that. So I think that's why I did it. One of the things I think that's great about your rookie year, you got to play in the 1998 rookie game at the All-Star Game. And that was such a, a big All-Star Game because that's in New York City, of course. So, you know, the city that never sleeps, it's at Madison Square Garden, the Mecca. And you got to go be there with all those stars. What was that experience like? Dude, I, I can't really describe it. It was I was so overwhelmed with what was going on that you know I I didn't think it was real. You know, here I am, a, a young man from Memphis, Tennessee, and you know, to be where I was, I was just and see those see those elite people, those stars. I mean, like, it was an eye-opener of, like, wow, like, this is amazing, so much fun. And then the greatest part was I was able to do it with some of the greatest friends I had in Derek Anderson, Sedrunas Agoskis, and Brad at Knight, because we were four rookies on the same team. So it was kind of cool to experience it with four friends of mine, and then we all were at a, you know, a good peak in our, in our careers at the same time, you know? Yeah, that Cleveland team, you guys had a very good successful season that year too, but they put so much responsibility on young players, and you guys really all seem to step up and thrive and, and rise to the occasion. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Emery, I give him a lot of credit for selecting that team. He did a hell of a job putting us together. And it was a blessing. To, you know, we picked up Sean Kemp, and uh, we were able to have a guy like Sedrunas who lets up people. That was the first time I ever played with a big man with skill sets of what he had. Like, his skill set was unbelievable, and it made the game so easy. Derrick Anderson was an explosive guard, and uh, Brother Knight was a hell of a PG in his own right. It just made my life easy. And then, you know, we had our big guy, our big-time guy, in Sean Kip. And Mike Catello, you know, we didn't start the year off with that lineup, but we ended up at the end. But Mike Vitello was like, hey, you know, we got to shake some things up. And I remember the first time he called me, because I was coming off the bench early on in the year. But I remember the first time he called me, and he called me. We was at the hotel. He was like, hey, we need to talk. And I was nervous because I thought something bad was going to happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought I was getting traded or something. And he's like, hey, I'm going to put you in the starting lineup. And uh, he said, I'm going, we're going to play the younger guys, and we're going to go for this. And I said, oh, okay. Well, let's go for it. And then it took off from there. Wow. Do you remember who you were playing against when you first started? Oh, yeah, for sure. It was uh, Minnesota, and I had to play against Kevin Garnett's team. 
uh, at the time. That was my first start. And I can tell you this, in the first five seconds of the game, I had two fouls because I was so excited. <laughs> I, was so, I was so excited. I didn't care. I was like, uh, and this is what I knew Mike Patello trusted me. He looked dead in my face. And he said, you okay? Calm down. Play basketball. And didn't take me out of the game because usually you get two fouls. You know, you pretty much don't play into the second half almost, right? And, and that was that, that moment kind of made me trust him even more because he could have been, he could have easily just said, forget it. You know, it didn't work. But he let me play through my mistakes. And from then on, I just went out there and just played basketball. I had a pretty good game that night, too. <laughs> what would you say was your best individual performance in the NBA? Um, I'm going to say when I hit my career high, against Vancouver. No, I'm sorry. We were on a West Coast tour, and we played Phoenix, in Phoenix. And I think I had probably one of the best games of my career. Um, I think I had, like, 20-plus points and 10 rebounds, four or five steals, couple assists. I mean, it was just my best overall game I ever played. Was out there in the West Coast. I had a real good West Coast trip uh, because of the West Coast basketball was a little bit. It wasn't as bruising as the East Coast at, the, at that time in that era, you know. Because in the East back then, you went to the hole, you got hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I guess I could say Phoenix. That game was pretty. I, I think that was probably one of my best games. Not. I, I will say the second best is when I played. Uh, I think it was Vancouver, and I hit my career high. And uh, that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, you had 30 points that night. Um, who was the best player you had a chance to play with? The best player I got to play with? Um, of course, I'm going to say the Jordan's Gossel was pretty – I put him up there pretty good. Um, but I'm going to say when I played in Golden State and I played with uh, Gilbert Arenas with Crazy Butts, for one season, that kid was special when I first saw him. I thought he was one of the quickest guys I ever met. Uh, I didn't think his career panned out to the greatest of what he could do. But when he was on, Gilbert Arenas was one of the best players, best scorer I ever seen. Um, then, of course, I got to play a little bit with Al Iverson, and I thought he was just a freak of nature when it came to basketball because a guy his size doing the things he was able to do was pretty impressive. Do you feel a, a strong connection to any of the, the, the teams that you played for, I guess primarily Cleveland and also maybe to an extent Golden State? It's pretty crazy to look back now and think that Cleveland and Golden State basically was kind of like the Lakers-Celtics rivalry of like the last 10 years. I mean, going against yeah. each other in the finals every year, these two teams you played for back then, did you ever think that they would be the class of the league one day? Well, I, I knew once LeBron kind of got in the league, I said he might have a chance to. I knew he was so special. I actually got to see him play while he was in high school. I knew that guy was going to be special. But the Golden State Warriors, honestly, when I saw them, I didn't think, you know, I always thought they were always, you know, like they had some good moments, but I never really thought they were ever going to be like what they were with the dynasty they had, you know? 
But it was it was fun though to and to see both organizations do so well. So I was I was happy to be a part of both of those organizations at the end of the day. And so now, of course, you're into coaching and you've been doing that for a few years. What is it that drew you into that? Well, honestly, when I, when I stopped coaching my son, well, I started off with my daughter, Sierra. Uh, she started playing a little, you know, pop league stuff. And then as I got older, you know, I was going back and forth from overseas or whatnot. My son started getting into it, and I just I just felt like what was being taught to him wasn't what I wanted him to learn so fast. I wanted him to be slow to battle, process, nice and easy, teach him the fundamentals of the game, and enjoy it, and you know let him have success, you know, year to year. Because I think basketball is a year to year growth thing, and uh, that's what I wanted for him. So I started getting into it seriously probably when he got, like, into the ninth grade. That's when I started getting into coaching a little bit more serious because it really was to help him develop him as a as a basketball player. And you've done a good job with that. Obviously, he, of course, is now a junior at Campbell University. I think the greatest nickname in all of college sports, the Fighting Camels. I love that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it looks like he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's doing real well, you know. Um, you know, but you know the thing is, you know, you you, you want to see him grow, and like I said, year to year, you always want to see him improve in anything that he's doing, and he's doing that. He's starting off the year pretty good. Uh, you know, he's been shooting the ball. Uh, I don't, I don't know where he got that shooting touch from, but he shoots it better than me right now. <laughs> I was going to ask if he reminds you a lot of yourself, or if he's uh, kind of got his own game. Yeah, I think I think I gave him a little bit more than what I had coming out at, at, at the at the time. He no, we were two juniors. We we he'll probably have me as far as skill set a little bit better because you know I was just a pure kind of athlete, you know, strong guy who will kind of just muscle his way through the rims and stuff. He's a more finesse scorer. He can shoot the ball. He can dribble. He can pass. So, and then he had a better IQ than what I had, you know, coming at this point. So I'll give, I'll give him the edge a little bit right now, more than I was coming as a junior in college. But at, but at the end of the day, I probably still kick his tail on him, just let me know that. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, but I want to close out. I'd like to do a thing here because we're a show that focuses on the 90s. I like to, uh, when I get a chance, ask guests some of their favorite old school things. Okay. So I'll start off with what is your favorite old school music artist? See, you call it old school. I call it real hip hop. And I'm, I'm going with, with my guy Ice Cube. I still play his album. Uh, America's Most Wanted. That's one of my favorites ever. I, I can probably quote the whole album right now. So uh, I'm going to go Ice Cube, man. He, he's always been one of the top guys I always respect as a rapper. 
Well, I'm kind of of the same era, so I can say the same thing. Grew up on the same stuff. I was thinking you might be uh, naming some of the uh, the classic Southern rappers. I wasn't sure what was big in Memphis back in your day. Yeah, I mean, I, I had my eight ball MJG pumping. I'm not gonna get. I mean, I had those classics, but you know, Ice Cube to me uh, at the time when you know eight ball was good. I, I mean, I rocked them. That was my that was my Memphis guys, uh, Three Six Mafia. Uh, I rocked all of them, but. To me, when it came to just pure art form, I was just I was appreciative of of Ice Cube and what he did because he was nice. I mean, Cube was nice. I mean, to walk away from NWA and say, you know what, I'm gonna go do this thing on my own. I I respect that, you know. <laughs> For sure. Do you have a favorite from when you were growing up? Favorite movie? Oh man, for sure, for sure. Oh, one of my favorites. You're gonna laugh at this probably. You know, think it's kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of weird, but uh, I enjoyed uh, watching Richard Pryor's movies, like Stir Crazy, uh, some of his uh, other little movies he did, and Car Wash. You know, I was just a big time Richard Fry, Richard Pryor guy, so I was into those classic movies like that because, like Richard Pryor was hysterical to me, so I enjoyed those movies, but. Uh, if I give you my all-time greatest movie, though, that I want to watch, I can watch it to this day, it's probably Child's Saint Redemption. I can watch that like 250 times too. so. <laughs> I've seen Stern Crazy a couple times myself with um, uh, Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder. I mean, the chemistry they had is just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, like, they had classics, man. People don't realize they they did a lot of movies together, and people don't realize how many they did. Because when you go back and look at them, I mean, they got classics, man. How about the TV show from back in the day? Oh man, okay. Now this is this is my show from all the time. Of course, I can watch a little good times. I had a couple of them. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I was I was a TV guy. I was a good time guy. I was um, a Bill Cosby guy. Uh, I was a Fresh Prince of Bel Air guy. And then like my all time all time as growing up as a kid. This is probably showing my age a little bit. I I can watch the three stooges faithfully. It was it was what we did on Saturday. Um so I watched the three stooges and got my laugh on a lot, so that was it. The three stooges, so that was that aired every Saturday? Down here on Saturday mornings at ten o'clock on channel thirty, we the three stooges was gonna come on and play to noon. So they were like short movies, you know? And I used to sit there and watch them and enjoy them. But you got to understand now, we didn't have the five channels when I was growing up now. <laughs> TV, TV went off at a certain time of the night. <laughs> um, the last one for you. What is your favorite fashion from back in, when you were growing up? Oh, man. See, you can, you, you, you bring it back. See, you, you're trying to – man, you remember when uh, – I guess when, um, but I don't, I don't know what they call, but you know the red jeans, the, the you know the big bag red jeans, and the bright colors. They, I think they were called color color clothes. You know, they had the pinstripes on there and all that stuff. Like you'll have right. red on one side, green on the other side, black on the back side. <laughs> oh man, when I when I wore that, I thought I was clean. You hear me? I was on top of the world right then. And then my next thing was, um, my next thing was back in our day, we used to wear uh, 
duckheads. I don't know if y'all had that where y'all were there, but we used to wear duckheads and khakis, shorts, duckhead shorts with K-Swiss shoes. Oh, that was the outfit of the year right there, baby. Well, I appreciate the time, Cedric. This has been a lot of fun catching up with you. Best of luck to you yourself as you continue your coaching career and to your team this year. Hopefully you guys can have some success. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I enjoyed it, man. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you know, appreciate all the love, man. Thank you so much. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our show archive at 90sbasketball.anchor.fm. And remember, you can catch the basketball show every Saturday on TSN 1260 Radio Edmonton from 11 to noon Mountain Time. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Brian Swain, and this has been the 90s Basketball Show.